All right, for everyone, week two. Last week, we spoke about uh, that the, the, not the gospel, that's this week. The church is for everyone. We spoke about the role of the church and everything that that does and how we are a part of God's plan uh, to meet the needs through the local church. Next week, Tara is going to be speaking, which is going to be awesome. She's going to speak in the, on the call is for everyone. And this week, we're talking about the gospel is for everyone. So this week is all about the gospel. Sweet. Have you ever told a story to someone and they just clearly weren't feeling it? They were clearly bored. Not like you right now, right? Or have you ever been on the receiving end of that, right? Come with me on this. You're at a family, family do. It's your uncle's 50th, right? Everyone's there, grandma and granddad, cousins, brothers, sisters, someone's little baby. Okay, everyone's there. And you ask your granddad, how are you doing? And then he starts telling you this story about the 1952 chess championships of Great Lancashire, okay, and how he, his idol was in it. And he's talking for ages about this chess tournament. And your eyes start to glaze over a little bit. You start to fade off in the distance and you just start to, you just go into autopilot, which is like, mm, mm, oh, mm. Like we've all been there. I've definitely been there. And then you sort of come to and you realize he's still talking. And you think, oh man, I hope he didn't ask me anything about this story because I have no answers at all. But then your cousin comes in or your cool auntie comes storming in and she's like, oh my word, oh my word, oh my word, you won't believe what just happened. And we're like, what, what happened? And she says, I was walking down the street uh, and then this car drove past and there was an old man in front of me. This car drove past, chucked a milkshake out of the car, hit this old man, knocked him to the ground. He was in some distress. So I went over to help him, helped him, got him cleaned up, walked him back to his house and he said he hadn't got anything on him but he just gave me what he had, this piece of paper. And anyway, like a day later, she looks at it. It was a lottery ticket and she won a million, right? Compare those two stories. Which one are you responding to most? The cool auntie, right? Those aren't true stories. If it was, then I would be very close to my auntie. But, uh, but the, the point is, stories affect us, and a good story can really grab us, and a bad story can really push us away. Good news and bad news. Like, if I started telling you about what I'm doing this week, which is Monday to Friday, I'm on a gas course in Blackburn, and I'm going to be learning about... British standards and gas regulations, and I'm going to be doing some little practical examinations on caravans and motorhomes. You're not exactly going to be astounded, are you? You're probably going to start dazing off, which some of you already have, right? But when I mention, and you're going to be like, oh, because you've heard this before, but when I mention that I was held at gunpoint by the SAS because I trespassed into the president of Macedonia's private garden, and I was driven back to the hostel and questioned by his personal bodyguards. That makes you think, I want to know more. If you hadn't already heard the story, you'd be like, tell me. Tell me about it. And tonight, we're going to look at the greatest story or the greatest news ever, which is that of the Bible. And it's, that's the gospel. That's what the gospel is. Okay? And the gospel actually means good news. That's literally what the word gospel means. We're going to watch a little video. Have we got it lined up at the back? Um, this video is by a group called The Bible Project, or Read Scripture, but it's by The Bible Project. If you've not heard of them, look them up. We've got a YouTube channel, and it's, it's actually wicked. I was showing Bethany before, and it's got every book of the Bible is broken down into like what it's talking about, what it means. So if you're looking at a book of the Bible, you're like, 
I don't know what to do with this. Which book should I even read? Like, you can just type in John or Habakkuk, and it'll tell you everything about that book in like a cool little animated way, which helps my brain understand things. But check it out. Watch this video. There's a bit of detail going on, but stay with it. It's all about the gospel and the four different gospels. So let's roll it. There are four books in the Bible that are ancient biographies of Jesus. The gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And while individual stories about Jesus and his teachings are familiar to many people, these books have way more to offer if we read them from beginning to end and see how they connect Jesus' story into the overall biblical storyline. So let's talk about how to read the gospel. First of all, this word gospel, what does it mean? Well, it means good news. Which raises the question, good news about what? Well, in Mark's gospel, Jesus enters the story announcing that the time is fulfilled. God's kingdom has come near, so turn around and trust this good news. So the good news is about God's kingdom arriving, but what does that mean? Well, it's Jesus' way of summarizing the whole biblical story that leads up to himself. The whole story. Okay, give me the short version. Well, the story begins with God creating a good world and then appointing humanity as his representatives to rule it. But then the humans rebel over and over, leading to a world of violence and death. That's a problem. But God's committed to making it work. So he chooses Abraham and his family to restart the project. Then through Moses, God brings the family into a garden land of abundance so that he can restore all of the nations through them. Right, Israel becomes a kingdom with amazing kings like David, but eventually Israel rebels too and it leads them into destruction. But Israel's prophets said that God wasn't giving up. He was going to personally come and restore Israel so that his justice and peace could spread to all nations and to all creation. This hope was called the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus said he was bringing to Israel. Yes, Jesus' good news is about God's kingdom, the new creation that was arriving to restore humanity to their role as God's partners in ruling the world. This is why the gospel has so many stories about Jesus liberating people from death and disease, along with all of his teachings about generosity to the poor or forgiveness and loving your enemies. He was inviting people to live in God's new world. Exactly. And so this is one of the main goals of the gospel, to show how Jesus is bringing the whole biblical story to its fulfillment. So that's why the gospel authors are constantly appealing to the Hebrew scriptures while telling the story of Jesus. Yeah, like when Jesus is born in Bethlehem, Matthew reminds us that this was anticipated by the prophet Micah. And he directly quotes from Micah. Yeah, these direct quotes are really common. But more often, the gospel authors weave biblical phrases into the story without telling you, so you can discover it for yourself. Like when Jesus is baptized and God announces from the skies, you are my son, my beloved, with you I am well pleased. Now, if you do some digging, you'll find that God's statement blends together phrases from three biblical texts to identify Jesus as the royal son of David, the seed of Abraham, and the servant who's going to suffer for the sins of his people. Whoa, that is subtle. Yes, and the gospel accounts do this on every page. Every book is constantly showing how all of the biblical stories about Abraham or Moses and David and all the prophets, all of it points forward to Jesus. Now, why are there four different accounts? Wouldn't one be enough? 
Well, the diversity is on purpose. Each of the four gospel authors has shaped and arranged their stories about Jesus differently, so they can emphasize different things about him. Matthew presents Jesus as a greater Moses, and so he's grouped Jesus' teachings into five large blocks, just like the five books of the Torah. Luke highlights how Jesus is God's royal servant from the book of Isaiah, who brings God's light to the nations. Mark presents Jesus as a new start for humanity, bringing the mystery of God's new creation crashing into the present. And John focuses on Jesus' claim to be Yahweh, the God of Israel, become human, to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. Those are really different from each other, but they all tell the same basic story. A man from the region of Galilee teaching this good news, but who's ultimately crucified as a criminal. Yes, all four books of the gospel are showing how the arrival of God's kingdom through Jesus led him up to the cross, where he was enthroned as the king of God's new world. He's given a robe, a crown, and a scepter. Right. And as Jesus suffers the consequences of humanity's rebellion, he's showing that the power of God's kingdom comes through his love and self-sacrifice. And when he's raised from the dead, we're watching the dawn of the new creation. So the gospel authors don't just want their readers to know about the good news of God's kingdom. They want them to become a part of it. Yes, the gospel is designed to persuade us to trust and follow Jesus so that we can participate in the new creation that he began. All right, sweet. Fade those lights up, please. So, whoa, nice. So, uh, feel free to put some other lights on if you want. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the gospel, and that might be a lot of info, and you're like, whoa, I don't even know what to focus on there, because there's loads. But it's awesome, and I think, if nothing else, it shows you how, like, the gospel is the story of Jesus. It's the good news of Jesus coming, living the life we couldn't live up to dying the death we deserve, right, rising again and offering us freedom, forgiveness, and all the rest of it. But just seeing how even from Genesis, even from the very beginning, everything was always pointing towards Jesus. Everything was always pointing towards a savior before he even came. But I want to put it a bit simpler than that. I wanted to like give you loads of information and then just simplify it down, okay? So if I said to you, well, like, we're going to turn to the Bible. If I said to you, What's the most famous verse in the Bible? What would you say? There's no, well, there is wrong answers, but there's no wrong answers. John 3.16, nailed it. Thank you, Lydia. Pop it up on the screen, Elliot, if you would. There we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not die, but will have eternal life. That's awesome. That is literally the gospel. In a nutshell, that's what it is. So when we talk about the gospel, that's what it is. And tonight we're talking about that up there is for every single person who ever existed. It's the most well-known verse in the Bible. It's probably the most important verse in the Bible because through that we are saved. It's the good news. It's, It's the story to end all stories as we're talking about stories at the beginning. It means we can have hope, freedom, forgiveness, purpose. And I want to focus on two things from this text. 
and then I want to make another point, and then I'm going to pray, and we can hang out a bit more. So the first point I want to focus on is that you are so loved. So just go to the next slide for me. There we go. I think there's real importance in that, so loved. He could have said, God loves you guys. And we hear that a lot of time, right? Jesus loves you, God loves you. But I want to emphasize, and I want to focus on that word, so. Like, God so loved the world. God so loves each and every one of you. And he loves me. He loves us all so, so much. Like, when you say, oh, I love this thing, or I love this thing so much, it's like you're obsessed with that thing. And I want to say, like, God is obsessed with each and every one of you. He absolutely loves you so much. Like, he doesn't just love you. He so loves you. And that leads us to ask the question, how much do you love me? Well, he loves us enough to send his one and only son, to send us his everything, to die in our place so that we could have a second chance. So that he could wipe out all of our sin, all of our mistakes, past, present, and future. So that we don't have to feel things like guilt and shame, and we don't have to feel embarrassed about the bad stuff we do. Think about the lost sheep. We all kind of know the parable of the lost sheep, and that's what that song's based on, what we just sang, um, Reckless Love. You imagine you're a sheep, right? You're all sheep. And you're all in your own individual crew of sheep. And there's a hundred of you. And you go wandering off out of the paddock. And the shepherd leaves the 99 sheep, puts them aside and chases after you. You get stuck in a load of brambles or whatever. He comes in, untangles you, picks you up, takes you home. That 99 could have gone. That 99 could have been eaten by wolves or whatever. He didn't care. He's coming after you. That's a picture of how it's not that Jesus is reckless, but his love is reckless. His love knows no bounds and it is always right behind you. Like when we turn our back on Jesus sometimes, when we don't do what we should do, we think we're miles away from him because we're focusing on here, but he's actually just right behind us if we turn around. He's always chasing us down. And it gets better because on the next slide, I want to talk about that word whoever. Whoever believes in him won't die, won't perish, but will have eternal life. And again, that's another massive word, whoever. It doesn't say so that those who go to church every Sunday won't die, but have eternal life. It doesn't say those who sing every song with all their heart will be saved. It doesn't say that. It says whoever believes in him. We don't have to qualify. We don't have to match up. We don't have to look a certain way, dress a certain way. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you're going to do. He has died so that whoever just believes in him will have eternal life. Like we can't earn it like we just sang. There's no hoops to jump through. It's a free gift for everyone. The gospel is for everyone, even the lowest of the low. Think about, again, the story of the prodigal son, right? This guy goes away, takes all his dad's money, blows it on all kinds of stuff, goes to casinos, all that lot. You you know the story, okay? And then he's got so deep into debt, and he's working at a pig farm, and he's eating with the pigs, and it's just the lowest of the low, right? And he's like, surely I can't go back to my dad. Like, I've just... What have I done with his money? Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. He won't want me. Eventually, he does. And what is his dad doing? Is he saying, no, you're going to have to earn your way back into this family. 
Is he saying, you can sleep outside until you've earned my trust? No, his dad is running towards him, arms open wide, hugs him, throws him apart. He gets him cleaned up, gives him a job, welcomes him home. That's what Jesus does for every single one of us by dying on the cross, by rising again. No matter who you are, what you've done, no matter what you're going to do tomorrow, he's forgiven you. But that doesn't mean we can just go around doing whatever we want, right? Because if we believe in him, we want to follow his commands, yeah? It says in the book of John, if you, if you love me, follow my commands. And if you follow my commands, you love me. Okay, so it's not about just going around doing whatever we want because it's all good. Jesus forgives me. But it is about when we recognize we've done something we shouldn't, we don't have to sit in that guilt. We don't have to feel so bad. We can pray, ask for forgiveness, and be set free once again. So I want to ask you, like, when you mess up, and you, you know you do, like, when you've not done the right thing, where do you turn? Like, do you turn and beat yourself up? Do you turn to someone who's not going to help, someone who's just going to make things worse? Or do you turn to the God of the universe who has his arms open wide and wants to wipe it all clean? Maybe some of us need to do that tonight. Maybe some of us just need to know that you are so loved tonight. And maybe some of us need to know, like I said the other week, God doesn't care about where you've been, but he cares massively about where you're going. Yeah? He doesn't care about what's happened before, but he really wants to influence what's coming next, and he really wants to be there with you every step of the way. And then, actually, just real quick, everyone just bow your heads real quick. I just want to throw up, I can't really speak about this and not throw up an opportunity for someone to receive the good news. So if, if you've done this before or you haven't done this before, it's totally fine. But if you're just feeling right now that you need, you're not recognizing that you are so loved and you are not, like maybe you just need to turn back to Jesus and you need to recognize that his arms are open wide, then just pop your hand up right now and put it right back down and then we'll just pray and then we'll, we'll crack on. Cool, thank you, let's just pray. Father God, I pray for the, uh, every person here, Lord, and I pray for the people who have the courage to raise their hand and I pray for the ones who know something's going on inside of them but, but just don't know how to respond, Lord. I just pray that you would Come right now, Jesus. Purify us, Lord. Make us clean, Lord. I pray that you'd forgive us of our mistakes, Lord God, and that you would take us back once more, Lord Jesus. We love you and we want fresh life with you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your salvation and thank you for your freedom. In your name, amen. And secondly, Romans 1, verse 16, on the next slide, there we go. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. What is that talking about? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That what we just read, that Jesus came, that God sent his son Jesus to come and die in our place so that we won't die and we can live forever. This is Paul saying, I'm not ashamed of this. This guy went around, this was literally his day job. Well, he didn't get paid, but this was his day job. He went around to everyone he knew, telling them about Jesus, telling them about what, they've done, what Jesus has done for him, preaching the gospel, the good news. And he wasn't scared. He wasn't ashamed. Like, how many of us can go into school tomorrow, start preaching the gospel and not feel weird? That's the point that we want to get to tonight. First of all is, like, recognizing the gospel, understanding it in our head, 
and letting it come down to our heart and believing it. But the second thing is saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because some of us in here, we are Christians. We know what it's about. And we know that this, this is like Christian 101 talking about the gospel. But like I've been to school, I've been to college and I'm in the workplace and I know what it feels like to be ashamed. I know what it feels like to be scared to talk about your faith. I, I know what that's like in every single one of those levels. But Paul's saying, like, how could I be ashamed of this? Like, the gospel, what we just talked about, is the power of God. And it brings salvation. It brings freedom. It sets people free. It gives them new life. Like, what is there to be ashamed of about that? He's saying that this is the story we can't wait to tell. You know, like what I was saying before, when someone bursts in the room and something's coming up, and they're like, oh, have you heard this? And you're like, no, stop what you're doing. Let me tell you, because you need to hear this. That feeling, that's the feeling we should have about the gospel. This is the news we can't wait to share with everyone. And I just want to pray again for a second time for those of us who know the gospel, we have it in our hearts, we believe, but actually we're kind of keeping it to ourselves. And when the opportunity comes up, we shrink back. And it's, it's, not, it's not an uncommon thing and like you're human for doing it. That's what I've done in the past as well. But I want to pray for some courage this week. I want to pray that when the opportunity comes to actually talk about what you did on Sunday night, to talk about what you did on Sunday morning, to talk about how you might read your Bible or what music you listen to and why are they, why are they singing to God, whatever it is, when the opportunity comes, do you actually have the courage to step up and say, yeah, this is what I'm about. Let me tell you about it. If you want to know, I'll tell you. So let's just close our eyes once more. And if you want that courage, if you know exactly what I'm talking about, just put your hands out just in front of you. I'm going to pray, for God, pray to God to receive some courage right now. Lord Jesus, for those of us who are in a battle, Lord Jesus, every single day, for those of us who are in school, college, at work, whatever it is, Lord, and we're, we're, we're fighting a war, Lord God. We want to spread the gospel but we have this thing in our heart that they might make fun, they might persecute, and they might, they, might, they might put us down. I pray that right now in this place, you would give us the courage we need, Lord Jesus. You would give us the boldness to step out and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel because this is the very thing, the only thing that sets people free in this life. This is the one thing that if everything else faded away, this is the one thing that people need to know in their hearts. So Lord, let us not be ashamed of the gospel. Let us take it with us in our hearts and let it come out of our mouths. Let us be proud of it, Lord Jesus, and let us try and love our friends with it. I pray this in your name. Amen.